ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. You can also take us on the go with the ESPN Chicago app. Guys have the night off. Tyler Rocky sitting in with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Chris Bleck will be back tomorrow along with myself. We'll be on right after White Sox baseball right here on the home of the White Sox game time at 2 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN 1000. Don't forget, you can watch the show on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago. And if you missed any of Bleck and Abdallah from earlier today, they were on for Greeny from 10 to noon. You can check it out on the Bleck and Abdallah podcast. So we've been talking a lot of Bears tonight. I will get to some more Bears. I, I gave you, there's one team that I want to keep my eye on this offseason, and especially with the draft, that I think the Bears fans should be paying a little closer attention to. I'll give you who that is in a second. But I did say there was this one time when I got rejected by the library. And it's one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. So I went there. This must have been like 2019, maybe early 2020. It was pre-pandemic. And there was this book I wanted to check out. And I go there. I didn't have a library card. All right. I was fresh out of college. Um but my, my family has had library cards forever at our local library up in Glenview. And I go, I check out the book. I, I'm in the line and I, I, I bring the book up there to the, the, what would you call it? The librarian, I guess you would call it, right? Yeah, that would be uh, her, yeah. her title. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a cashier, right? You're not paying, nah, but nah, it, it's the librarian, librarian right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the librarian that you're checking it out with and they said, do you have a library card? I was like, yep, here. Um, and they're like, can I see your ID too? I was like, okay, like, sure. Here, here's my ID. And it didn't match because it was my, my dad's library card. So like David Aki was on the library card and Tyler Aki was on the, the ID. And there's like, is this like, is this your library card? I was like, no, it, it's my father's. And like, I could have lied or, or said something, but I said, no, like it's my father's. And she said, well, I can't check this out to you. And I was like, are you serious? Like, and then I have to go and and put the book back and do the walk of shame back to the bookshelf and then walk walk out of the library empty handed and, and just the whole the whole saga, the way it all played out, it was like getting rejected at the library, one of the worst places you can get rejected. They are doing nothing but trying to push reading and and, <laughs> and get people to read and 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 like they are a free service. I mean, taxpayer service, but free, like for you, a, a free service to go in and out, just get your library card as long as you're turning everything on time. And you, you walk out empty handed. Wait, the library. you tried to, you tried to uh, check something out and they asked for your ID yeah. as well as the library know, card? I don't know if they knew who my dad was and they're like, all right, is someone scheming here? Has someone swiped the, the library card? That seems so odd. What, what? Right, two forms <laughs> if you want to check out this Yeah, what, what, is, what is this Fort Knox library that you were know. trying to check out from? The Glenview Public Library. <laughs> they they rebuilt it a couple of years ago, and, and and now it's like this palace. But it, it's like uh, it, trying to check a book out of there 
Impossible. Impossible. I use my sister's library card all the time. So if someone would have asked me for I ID. need tips from I needed tips from Ken- Kendra. That's so. just someone taking their job too seriously, right? Yeah. Like, is, is this a, a hardo librarian or I think so. or am I not adhering to protocol here? Heaven like, forbid if you talk too loud, she's she's coming for your leg <laughs> yeah, or something. I'm done though. Yeah. I'm done. I'm getting a, a very loud shh. <laughs> Very passive aggressively. Yeah, and then she could see how similar the names were with the last name. Right, like, like clearly that's family. <laughs> clearly it's that's family. Like, I, I have a very distinct last name. It's not like my last name is Jones or something like or Johnson or something like that. I have a very distinct last name. Not a lot of Aki is out and there. She still said no, and I still got rejected. Like wow. I don't see like. A brother, like, I just don't see why a family member couldn't run something. Maybe she knew you from high school and were like, you know what? This this guy didn't hold the door for me. Or, well, probably part of it was she had never seen me before in a library. And they're like, "Uh, (laughs) there's no way you've got a library card. But still, the second form, the last name mentioning, like, it's the same, the matching last name. So Access denied. Unbelievable. But yeah, that was my my trials and tribulations of getting rejected at the library. Chase on the south side. What's up, Chase? Yo, Tyler, what's happening, man? What's up, Chase? Not much, man. How could you get rejected by the library? I don't know. It happens. (laughs) I'm just trying to read a book, man. I know, man. Reading is fundamental, like they used to say in the old NBA commercial. That's right. All of you remember. (laughs) That's a throwback uh, right there. Well done, Chase. Throwback Thursday. Yeah, you know, yeah, remember them days back uh oh, yeah. they used to have all the rest players and stuff. You know, reading is fundamental. I remember those commercials. But um yeah, I always want to talk about the whole Jalen Carr situation. Um my perception is is that and, and I listen to a lot of people been having their own opinions about whether or not uh the Bears should draft them and, and should they you know this and that. A lot of people are saying they prefer the Bears just not to even touch them. I would say this though, here's my opinion. I think until we get a straight fact I mean, because the bottom line is we still don't know all what happened. Now, if this is a situation where he's shown, uh, you know, behavior like this before, if this is like a repeated thing where he's consistently making bad decisions, like let's say, for example, let's say we've heard also instances where he's made bad choices like, um, you know, just idiotic stuff, Mm -hmm. then I will say, yeah, I will stay away because he's shown – that he makes bad decisions and you don't want that type of player, you know, to build with, you know. But if this just a once, like, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And I think the, this is the problem with the world today is that it, it seems like when somebody makes a mistake or does something wrong, we are already ready to, you know, cast them off. Oh, he's no good. He's right. a bad guy. I don't think that's right. I think that's the problem with the world today. It's like, we always live in the – it's like you, 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 you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know. And we, you're never going to please nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be something. And I just don't think that's right for us. Now, yes, he made a bad choice. He made a bad decision that, you know, cost – unfortunately cost lives. And he probably is living with regret for the rest of his life. And if he's shown, you know, sensitivity and he's shown accountability and he's – man up and fessed up what he did and, and admitted, hey, I made a mistake. I made a bad choice and I regret it every day of my life. And he's shown that. Then, of course, everybody deserves a chance until we know all the facts. Now, if more details come out that he's made a mistake, he, that he's known to do this, like he's made bad choices. Well, he does choices, have the, he, the instance back in September as well. 
What did he do back in September? It was like, a, a speeding warning. He was going 80, I think like almost 90 in a 45. Okay, so he's been known to, okay, so, but see, that's my thing. Like, if he's known to make mad bad choices before, like, he's been making these bad choices and he's consistently doing this over and over again, then you got a problem, you know, because obviously you're not learning from your mistakes. And if that's the case, then coaches can only do so much because, like, hey, you're a grown man. Like, right. nobody's going to babysit you. You know, exactly. you're making millions mm-hmm. and millions of dollars. So players don't have time to be coaches and players don't have time to be babysitting grown men. You, you, this is a grown man league now. And so if it is a situation where he's constantly making bad choices and he's showing no maturity, then I would say, yeah, the Bears should, shouldn't touch him. But until we know all the facts and get all the stories and know really what happened, then I don't see any reason why, you know, anybody should say, okay, we, we, you can't move forward with him and build around this guy. Because, you know, he's he's the greatest player in the league. I mean, not in the league, but in the draft, I mean, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just, until we know the facts, he's just, I just believe that until we know everything that happened, you cannot just say, oh, he's a bad guy. He's not good. He's, you know, stay away from him. He's a cancer to a lock, cancer and all that. I say that's a terrible thing. It's a terrible take to me here and all that. So I just don't agree with that. And until we know all of uh, everything that happened, what really happened, until then, I think we need to just, you know, hold things down and just wait and see what happens up, up until up until April, until the draft comes. So, all right, Tyler, you have a good night. All right, man. You as well. Thanks for the call, Chase. That's Chase on the south side, 312-332-3776, if you want to join the conversation. So I, I was mentioned. There's one team that I think the Bears need to be aware of a little bit more, and you're not hearing as many rumblings about them right now. But one team, and I do think the Bears have plenty of leverage, having the number one overall pick, but one team that I think could spoil some of the party for the Bears, whether they keep their pick or whether they trade out of their pick, that's the Arizona Cardinals, currently sitting at three. The Cardinals find themselves... In a very similar situation, in fact, I would even say it's an amplified situation from where the Bears sit right now. You know, the Cardinals currently have the number three overall pick. They have a new head coach and a new front office. The Cardinals also have their quarterback of the future from a financial standpoint as well. They gave that contract extension to Kyler Murray, and by all intents and purposes, that is your commitment to him as the quarterback of the future. Something that even the Bears haven't done with Justin Fields, nor would you expect the Bears to have done with Justin Fields at this point. But right now, the Cardinals are locked into Kyler Murray. There's really no way out of that. That's their quarterback of the future. So how is their situation that much different from the Bears? When you look at it, the Bears have their quarterback of the future, and both of these teams are drafting in the top three and don't need a quarterback in a draft where we could see as many as four quarterbacks go in the top eight, nine picks. So when you look at what the Arizona Cardinals are faced with right now, and again, Cardinals coming off of a down season, there were injuries involved, and they're going to be bad again next year, right? Because who knows how much time Kyler Murray's going to miss. His ACL tear came late in the season. So... There's a lot of question marks about what this Cardinals team is for the foreseeable future right now. And not to mention you play in a division with the San Francisco 49ers who 
will be the odds-on favorite to win said division heading into this season as well. Could the Cardinals throw a wrench in what the Bears are trying to do? Right now, they're the team that sort of scares me from taking away some of the leverage that the Bears have. With all these options that are emerging in the quarterback market right now, whether it's Levis, a team maybe super intrigued by him. We've seen Anthony Richardson skyrocket up the board as well. C.J. Stroud is just kind of that... I think some people see him as the the consolation prize, the second behind Bryce Young right now. Cardinals kind of scare me because they could be the team where, the, let's say the Bears trade back to four. Well, all of a sudden, or maybe even the Bears trade back to two, all of a sudden the, the Arizona Cardinals could be that team saying, hey, we're open for business to trade back. We're, we're, we're a team that doesn't need a quarterback right now that's drafting among the trees of a bunch of teams that do need quarterbacks, why not trade back with us right now? And then on top of that, if they do keep the pick, could the Cardinals be the ones that play spoiler? Let's say the interest wanes on Jalen Carter for the Chicago Bears. And if the Cardinals go out and take Will Anderson, that's a problem for the Bears if they don't feel settled in on Jalen Carter. So for me... I'm keeping my eye on the Arizona Cardinals because that's a team that could take a very similar approach to what we saw the Bears do last season and just blow everything out. Everything must go. Maybe you'll see DeAndre Hopkins traded. Maybe you'll see a couple other pieces off of that team traded. Anything that's not set in stone for the foreseeable future. I'm a little intrigued by the Arizona Cardinals and what they could possibly do in this draft and if it could throw a wrench in Bears' plans for the draft and how they want to potentially trade back. Or maybe the Bears end up striking out on someone because of what the Cardinals do. 312-332-3776, if you've got a thought there. You know, interesting story coming out of uh, the Bulls from earlier today. Joe Cowley discussing how a player is not happy with the emergence of Patrick Beverly taking a little bit of leadership on the court and in the locker room. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Bleck and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. Taking some more of your Bears calls in just a second here. By the way, we do have a, a little bit of a program announcement. First, we'll start with this. So myself and Chris Black will be in tomorrow night, right after White Sox baseball here on ESPN 1000. So you'll get a, a splash of Waddle and Sylvie into Black and Aki. So all of us, myself and Chris Black, we will take you once the White Sox game is over. And that's because Waddle and Sylvie, they'll be filling in for Cap and J Hood in the morning from 7 to 10 a.m. right here 
on your home for the White Sox and the Chicago Bears. And then Carmen and Yurko from noon to two. And then it'll be White Sox baseball at two o'clock, followed by myself and Chris Black. Also... We have the return of Basketball U this weekend. It will be airing from 11 to 1 right here on ESPN 1000 on Sunday. Myself and Shay Norling will talk all things college basketball with you this weekend as we are gearing up, getting into conference tournament mode. Champ Week in the Power 5 conferences starts next week. We already have some conference championships going on right now. So we will break down all things college basketball with you, get you ready for March, get you ready for the tournament. Again, Basketball U back this Sunday, 11 to 1, right here on ESPN 1000, right after Meller and Hanley from 9 to 11, into Basketball U, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with myself and Shay Norling. Also, we're going to check in with Joe Lenardi in about 15 minutes from now. So I talked to him earlier for the podcast version of Basketball U, and we will play some of that conversation for you coming up in about 15 minutes. 312-332-3776. If you want to talk some bears, I do have a little bit of bulls I want to get to as well. Let's start with Mark. He's in Lincoln Park. What's going on, Mark? Tyler, how are you doing? I'm great. What's going on with you? Can't wait to see you at House of Blues on the 24th, my man. We've oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be a party. Get Benny. your tickets. LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago. Going to be a ton of fun. A lot of great guests coming in as well. And, go, and Mark yeah. will be there. Mark and Lincoln Park's going to be part of the party. Hey, uh, I got kicked off earlier because I had to drop my get up. Hey, um, I couldn't take hearing Jalen Carter was going to drop below four. I'm with Yerk on that. He will not drop below four. But I'm with Adam on the fact that the Bears don't necessarily need to take him. Look, Houston and the Colts have to have quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, Pulse is going to be a, is is going to be able to deal with that. Here, I'm going to pull over so I can talk. Um, Safe driving. We, yeah, I know that. I, don't I leave home without it. Um, I I'm on Irving Park Road right now. Yeah. Uh, listen. The Bears need so many parts, right? And Jalen Carter is a beast. People want – I don't – he's not in the NFL. It doesn't matter what investigations are going to happen. He's going to be exonerated from this stuff. He's not in the NFL. They're not going to have to do a deep dive on him. Teams want him in the top four, for sure, top three, right? And the two quarterbacks, you have two teams that need him. The Bears can get – Trade down, trade down, trade down. Does that make sense, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get multiple parts this year and next year and be competitive as a season ticket holder. I want them to be competitive this year. They won't be, but maybe 2020 or 2025. Well, when you say competitive, you know Mark, like they can certainly be well, I mean, competitive. You're talking about for a I Super Bowl? I mean, competitive. I mean, I'm talking for a championship. Okay. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about. Okay, we're going to make round one or two. I'm talking the distance, okay? Yeah, okay. Legit distance. And you got to you need multiple parts for that. And we know that. But I think as Black and I talked about what prior to taking Fields, I I, I like Fields. Fields is a legit player. He he can deliver the mail, if you will. Mm-hmm. You got to build a team around him. And Jalen Carter's a beast, but he's a one player. Right. You need, you know, 12 to 15 guys to make this roster. I'm with Yurk and Adam on this. 
Yeah, and listen, I, I don't think Carter is going to slip down the board. The only way I see no. him falling below four isn't necessarily him slipping. It's more a quarterback rising. Like, let's say Anthony Richardson balls out at the combine and teams fall in love with him and need to have Anthony Richardson as that fourth quarterback or Will Levis does something like that. I think it would be more one of those quarterbacks elevating as opposed to seeing Carter fall. For sure, but you you really have two teams that have to have quarterbacks, right? It's Houston and Indy. They're they're devoid. Now, you you could start going into any maturation that you want, but those two teams have to have them. I would throw Carolina's name in there as well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, Mitch went there, right? I'm, I don't even want to bring his name up. I'm laughing about that. Um, I forget who they got. They, <laughs> they're they kind of, they, I mean, uh, they did the Baker Mayfield thing for a little bit, had Sam Darnold, uh, they Ma- played P.J. It Walker. It wasn't Mitch. It was, yeah. it, it was Baker. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but for the for these guys that are saying that there's no way Jalen Carter's going to go this, that, listen, he's going to get picked. That guy is a monster. Yeah, and I I think I, listen. Uh, I'm with you. I think he will be drafted. I, I'm not too worried about that. I don't think that no, everything he, that's he, happening right now, live. unless we see more come out, I don't think anything's gonna really impact. I'm him. not going to get into his character or any of that stuff. And I understand the people that have lost relatives to drunk driving, and I feel horrible for all that. That's, that's uh, right. He's going to be in the NFL, and period. Uh, but however, do the Bears need to take him? I don't know. I think they can get more players without it. Yeah. And, and listen, the, the whole thing about the, the multi-trades as well, I, I'm with you on yeah. that, especially to try to yeah. collect some 2024 draft capital because I think that would serve as a great insurance policy or you could even look at it as a chance to bolster your roster and make it go from a team on the playoff fringes to a team that can win a Super Bowl. So what you want to be this year is competitive, meaning let's make a first-round playoff. Next year, let's rebound completely after hitting the bottom of the pool and be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Appreciate All the right. call, Mark. You have a good I night. Will see you at House, I'll see you at House of Blues. Yes, House of Blues, March 24th. Get your tickets, LiveNation.com. Must be 21 and older with a valid ID for entrance. Again, the 25th anniversary of ESPN Chicago. We're going to have a reunion of the Mac, Yurko, and Harry show. We are also going to have some great guests on hand, including Jay Cutler, Robbie Gold, Eddie Olchek, Michael Wilbon, Mark Greco, and many, many more as well. 312-332-3776. You want to talk some bears with us? I do have some bulls thoughts I want to get to, and Joe Lenardi will join us a little less than 10 minutes from now. Uh, James is on the south side. What's up, James? Hey, how you going? What's going on? Not much. Hey, I was, uh, wanted to respond to your um, take on Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals potentially kind of uh, being a disruptor to yeah. what the Bears want to do and that, you know, with those picks. Mm-hmm. I think it could work more to the Bears' advantage than against them simply because we know that there's going to be seven or eight teams looking for quarterbacks. And it's it's going to get down at least six when Derek Carr and Garoppolo. I mean, he's only a he's a substitute for a year or two. Geno Smith isn't someone that they uh, they're going to shout about. Right. There's teams that are going to be so. I I think it's going to be a rush to the top 
and the rush to the top could be the first three picks could be gone. Arizona can move that one for a quarterback. Right. And I think what that does is it probably puts the Bears in a position where ideally they could move twice. I mean, why wouldn't you take that 33rd pick from the numbers are right when you look at the scale. You can take that 33rd pick from uh, Houston just to move one. You still control the draft. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I say is let's say the Cardinals trade out for a a team that needs a quarterback. With a team that needs a quarterback, that's one less suitor on the board for a trade. And that's also, let's say, about in advance of before the Bears uh, make any moves, if they make a commitment, let's say next week they say, okay, we're giving up the third pick. Well, not just that, but let's say the Bears somehow wind up drafting fourth overall, right? Like, a team's going to want to get to three. Well, if they want a quarterback. Well, you got the first pick, so you can make the decision on whether you want to give Houston first dibs at it. If Houston say, hey, we want to move up one, mm-hmm. that's going to cost them that 33rd pick. That's yeah. the second-round pick. That's really a, the first pick in the second round. Yeah. So you got you still control the draft because you're at two. You don't necessarily have to take Houston, uh, take, take uh, Indy. And now Indy, hey, Indy, you either come because I really think people are sleeping on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle could come in. Seattle, and they've already made a commitment and I've, I've heard, I've listened to uh, Pete Carroll talk the other day. They're going to be in the market for a quarterback. No, I think that they will be, but they could well, also you, take the you, patient approach. Draft, after Houston, who's got the most draft capital in the first round outside of, because Detroit's not going to do anything with us. They don't need a quarterback per se. Who else got the most draft capital in the first round? Seattle. Uh, they got 5-20. and 20. And when you look at the numbers, even if they came up to two, maybe Chicago got to give a third back to them. But if you can move one down, take a 33rd, then let the bidding start. I don't mind going to five if we can get two more draft picks because you got that 20th pick. You can move around. You can move up or down and really start to get some assets. I'm not keen on Jalen Carter anyway because I think Jalen Carter is lazy. I watched this kid play on a top-shelf team and play 31% of the snaps, that ain't going to cut it. Not in the NFL. Because yeah. what, what does the Bears have? They have a principle that they go by. Hits. Mm-hmm. is important to their draft to, to their draft strategy. That guy ain't no hustler. It, it's Everybody a, it's a fair point. He's got, but... you, brought up two, you brought up two cases that, uh, of him having a situation. The Bears can't afford to touch him. I wouldn't touch him with a ten. Man, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. I, listen, I wouldn't go that far, James. And I know how important the three technique is in Matt Eberflus's defense. So appreciate the phone call there. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We will talk brackets with Joe Lenardi coming up next. I talked with him a little bit earlier on on my podcast, Basketball U, which will be coming to the airwaves this Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., myself and Shane Norling. But we will hear some of the conversation I had with Joe Lenardi coming up next here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for Bleck and Abdallah. Bleck and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. 
It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Right around the corner, conference championships currently underway. We'll get to the Power Five conference championships next week, including the Big Ten tournament taking place at the United Center right here in Chicago. Looking forward to that. Should be a great Big Ten tournament this year. Everything's sort of up in the air. You got the Jekyll and Hyde of Illinois. They're playing right now. You got a seven-point lead on Michigan with about ten minutes to go there. But Basketball U is returning to the ESPN 1000 airwaves this Sunday. Looking forward to that. Myself and Shane Norling will be taking you through everything college basketball, getting you ready to fill out your brackets for this March. We're going to do some special stuff for Selection Sunday as well. So we're looking forward to bringing you all of that. You may know Basketball U right now in its podcast form that I do on the ESPN Chicago app as well as across um, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Basketball, you subscribe, rate, and download that show that I host every week, giving you the latest college basketball insight. And today on our show, I got a chance to talk with Joe Lenardi, which I was really excited about. You see him all over ESPN. They're expert bracketologists. He has created bracketology. He's made it a science. He teaches a class on bracketology right now. So always great to see and talk with Joe Lenardi. He joined me on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline earlier today. And I started our conversation by asking him, you've got all these different Big Ten teams currently hovering around the bubble. Right now you've got nine Big Ten teams in your latest bracket that you submitted for ESPN. But if you had to guess, if I told you right now it's not going to be nine teams, would you say there's going to be more than nine or less than nine? And here's what he had to say. I think it's more likely to go up than down. Uh, when we do our next update, you know, Wisconsin's still going to be right there as one of the last teams in, maybe the last team in. But Penn State coming off that overtime win in Evanston, Last night, and and Michigan with this late push, they're now among the first four out. So, you know, if Wisconsin were to slide out, chances are decent that they'd be replaced by another Big Ten team, uh, and maybe more than one. So, uh, if if the over and under is, I don't know, eight and a half, uh, I, I'm going to bet the over. Looking at the the Big Ten tournament, which is taking place here in Chicago in about a week from now, which teams, you brought up a handful there, but maybe not necessarily just for bids and not bids, but for even seeding, who's got the most to win and lose from this upcoming Big Ten tournament? Well, let's, let's give the disclaimer right off the bat that there's a lot of evidence, particularly in recent years, that... The conference tournaments don't do very much to change a team's seat, uh, even when we think they should, or even if it seems, you know, an obvious kind of thing. If 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 teams, you know, let's say Illinois and Rutgers, right? They're both, you know, in that eight nine range. Uh, let's say they play each other, and Illinois hammers them. Uh, logic would say they should move up 
and maybe out of an 8-9 position, uh, which, you know, is a lot of people's least favorite seed because, you know, you get a 50-50 game to start, but obviously the one seed is, is most likely waiting in the wings. But more often than not, I've noticed in recent years, you know, if, if a result like that happens and I adjust what seems to be common sense, uh, the seeding, it doesn't turn out that way on Sunday night. Um, and what the committee would say is that's one game out of 30-some. So their overall, you know, level is already baked. Um, I would argue then why have the conference tournament? Uh, but, you know, I'm pretty sure I don't have a vote and that they don't spend a whole lot of time listening to me. Talking with ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi on ESPN 1000. Um, so looking at a couple of teams here locally, Illinois and Northwestern, you currently in your latest bracketology have Northwestern as a six seed. You've got Illinois as a nine seed in the Midwest region for both of those right there. But Northwestern, a team that's on a three-game slide here, Illinois has been one of the biggest Jekyll and Hyde acts in all of the sport this year. How do you see the – how – do you see, let's start with Northwestern, this playing out now that they've dropped their last three. What do they have to do to make Northwestern fans feel good heading into the NCAA tournament? Well, they're going to be in the tournament no matter what happens. And that obviously is something that can never be taken for granted at Northwestern, given that it's only <laughs> happened once before, right? So, you know, at some level, you have to say, if they don't make another basket this season, it's been an incredible success because they're going to be a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament, and they're going to wear white in the first game, meaning they're in the top half of a bracket. Uh, anybody who saw that one coming in October, you know, raise your hand. Uh, having said that, obviously expectations tend to change when performance, you know, exceeds those expectations. And look, all they have to do is win a game, maybe two here, you know, and, and they'll get their mojo back. The schedule's caught up to them a little bit. They're probably kind of finding their true level. Uh, they're not really the second best roster in the Big Ten. Uh, so they're going to probably end up getting a seed that's a little better than their talent, and that gives them a greater opportunity to advance. So I'm still pretty uh, bullish on the Wildcats. On the other side with Illinois, they're a nine seed right now, but are they firmly in the tournament if things start to go south and maybe they're one and done in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I mean, these teams can only lose a couple more games, right? Um, mm-hmm. in, in the worst case scenario. Uh, yeah, I, I think they are. Uh, because you have to remember, they are probably eight or ten teams away from the cut line at this point. Uh, so, yes, they could lose out and, and drop you know, a few spots with each loss, but that presumes that everyone chasing them 
is going to win every game. And we know historically that's not what happens because they're all bubble teams, right? They're all inconsistent or they wouldn't be in that range on the seating chart. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in. I have no idea what to expect from Brad Underwood's team in, in the tournament. I suspect neither does he uh, because each night it's been kind of a crapshoot. Uh, they strike me not as a second weekend team, but, you know, as one whose ceiling is, you know, maybe win one, win a 50-50 game to start, and then go out in the round of 32. Talking with Joe Lenardi, ESPN Bracketologist here on ESPN 1000. Looking at the one seeds that you've got, these were tweeted out yesterday. You've got Alabama, Kansas, Houston, and Purdue as your top four seeds right now. I want to start with the Alabama conversation for the number one overall seed. How much is that head-to-head win against Houston going to play a factor in the eyes of the committee when they are determining who that number one overall seed will be if it does come down to the two of those teams? It's ironic because head-to-head is frequently cited by people like us in, in, in ranking teams, but the committee historically has said, no, it's not a consideration. It's not a criteria. But then the committee chair at the reveal a couple weeks ago of the top 16 teams at that point of the year said Alabama was ahead of Houston because they won at Houston, which strikes me as pretty logical and common sense if it's close. Right, if 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 we're splitting hairs between two teams that happen to play each other, now if it was Alabama winning at home, I wouldn't necessarily lean strictly on the head-to-head result. But they went and posted arguably the most meaningful road win in the country this year, and that's why they were at the top of the heap when the reveal came out a couple of weeks ago. Having said that, I think both of them are likely at this point to be passed by Kansas. Uh, I I just can't imagine that at the end of the day when they sit in that room and they look at Kansas, Kansas has 18 wins against the field. 18. Now, I've never seen a number like that. You know, double digits is extraordinary. That's as much a comment on the Big 12 as it is Kansas, but they've now won outright a league that is going to send a record percentage of its teams to the tournament. Um, so I, I, I just think if Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament, even if Alabama and Houston win out, that's going to be another three wins against the field, not counting possibly beating Texas at Texas this Saturday. It, it almost would be too overwhelming to ignore. That's interesting there. You talk about almost tw- or 
on the heels of potentially 20 wins against the NCAA tournament field. Very, that is intriguing to see Kansas as a team that could bump both of them for that number one overall seed. Now, on the, the back end yeah, of your one seed, you don't have that many good wins. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, on the back end of your one seeds, you've got Purdue, a team that's lost three of their last four games. When things are all said and done, do you see Purdue hanging on to that final one seed, or do you think a team like UCLA or maybe Baylor or Texas end up winning the Big 12? Do you think we'll see two Big 12 teams or maybe even UCLA take that last one seed? I think the most likely scenario is a Pac-12 team uh, if Purdue stumbles. And, you know, if they reach the championship game, I think they're a one seed either way, if only because of the reality of playing that late afternoon spot Sunday up against the selection show. Like, they have to make a decision on Purdue before then. Now, they can have contingency brackets ready to go with Purdue as a one or a two, and I suppose if if it's a situation where uh, it, it's Purdue one in the West and the Pac-12 winner is a two, and then Purdue loses and they want to flip it at the last minute, they can do that and make Purdue the two in the West. But, but you know, that's not how the bracketing rules work. Purdue would then have a choice, not a choice, but priority to be closer than the West as the highest number two. So, you know, I've never seen a contingency bracket come out after the fact from the committee. Uh, Some years they claim to have a dozen or more. Uh, I do brackets in my sleep. Uh, I'm not suggesting that's normal human behavior, but it's kind of what the job is. And uh, I think it's much more likely that Purdue will be baked into whatever their spot is determined to be sometime Saturday afternoon. That was my conversation with Joe Lenardi from ESPN, the expert bracketologist. You see him all across your screen come March on every single halftime show, pregame, postgame, all that good stuff in his bracket bunker, joining us here on Basketball U earlier today on the podcast. If you missed any of that, check out the podcast, Basketball U, wherever you get your podcast. I also gave you my top 12 teams as well in the sport as we are closer and closer to the start of March Madness. And speaking of that, Basketball U, the radio show, will return to the airwaves this Sunday. Myself and Shane Norling will talk all things college hoops with you. Big Ten Tournament coming to Chicago starting on Wednesday. So looking forward to talking college hoops with you. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sunday with you right here on ESPN 1000. It'll be Shane Norling and myself, all things college basketball. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago.
Kendra Smith and Eric Ostrowski for producing tonight's show of Black and Abdallah. I'm Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. Chris Black and myself will be back tomorrow night for an all calls welcome Friday. It gets wild. It gets weird. It's brought to you by the Chicago Hounds. We'll be on right after White Sox baseball, which starts at two o'clock. And we will take you all the way up until 8 o'clock once that White Sox spring training game goes final out in the desert. We're talking a lot of Bears today. I do have a Bulls thought that I might just have to save for Chris tomorrow. I know Chris has some, always has some great Bulls thoughts, always some great NBA thoughts. So maybe that'll have to wait for tomorrow. Kevin is in Arizona. Speaking of Arizona, welcome to the show, Kevin. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Enjoying the show so far. Appreciate yeah, I just it. I want to talk some. Some bears. Uh, as far as the, you know, all the controversy already going on with uh, Jalen Carter, I think it's just a good excuse for the Bears to kind of walk their way out of it, just with with Paul saying being real high on character and chemistry and all that. A couple reasons I don't think it would be good overall for the Bears is we just currently don't have a real identity at this point, and those edge rushers are kind of more of a luxury for a team that is going places in February. So I'd like to see him either draft a quarterback and just let, let him sit for a year and just see what you have with fields. Maybe he plays pretty good and, you know, you can trade who you draft this year or trade fields next year. You know, that'd be one option, stack up some picks and then just go from there. But hopefully, you know, they just make the best decision for the team. Yeah, hopefully they do. I don't think that is drafting a quarterback, though, and, and appreciate the phone call, Kevin. Listen, I, I am staunchly against drafting to trade. I think it is one of the dumbest practices you can have because you lose some of your leverage, and it's kind of like a, a, a car, buying a new car. It's going to lose a ton of value the second it comes off the lot because you may draft a quarterback who's a consensus number one guy, but that doesn't mean all your trade suitors think he's the number one consensus guy the luxury of having that number one overall pick or having any pick in general is that you get to pick you get to make the selection you're not letting someone else select for you and i think that's part of why i'm staunchly against that and listen i think justin fields is going to work out with the chicago bears but if he doesn't that means they're just going to be bad next year if Justin Fields isn't the guy, they're going to be bad, and they're going to be sitting in the top five in all likelihood next year if Justin Fields doesn't have the answers to being a franchise quarterback. And then guess what? Then you just draft a quarterback then. I think it's pretty simple. Appreciate you all for hanging out, calling tonight. Thank you for all of your support, and I will be back tomorrow night with Chris Black, the second White Sox baseball is concluded out in Arizona. We will take you up until 8 o'clock. So thank you all for listening. This has been Bleck and Abdallah, Tyler Rocky, sitting in for the guys. Myself and Chris Bleck will be back with you tomorrow night. You're listening to Bleck and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.